0: 2020 has truly been the year of world-ending scenarios—World War III, massive wildfires, and of course, the coronavirus. Yet, the race trudges on. Today we discuss the most pressing of them all—climate change. Over the past century, we have placed ourselves in the position of frogs in a pot. The water is not so hot right now that we have to jump out, but if we don't, we may soon be boiled alive. For decades, climate change has loomed large in our collective consciousness. Countless papers have been published examining its ill effects, and nearly every relevant authority is in agreement. The Earth could suffer a catastrophic ecological collapse over the next century. Scenarios abound for how this could occur, but the consensus is clear. If the human race does not systematically stop or reverse the damage we have dealt to the Earth, there will soon be no human race to speak of. In the short term, within just two decades, experts estimate we could see the greatest human migration in history, a mass movement of billions into the few places with sustainable ecosystems remaining. Over 50 million environmental refugees already exist in the world. Today, respite for them and for the victims of Hurricane Katrina, Harvey and Maria lie on our shoulders. Yet. As simple as it would be to shut down every factory, ban every car, and return the earth to a pre-industrial state, the reality is that our modern society depends on the fruits of the Industrial Revolution. Every aspect of our lives, the food we eat, the clothes we wear revolves around it. In the last two centuries, on the backs of such resources, today, tens of millions in the U.S. are employed in industries that contribute to global warming. Limitations that are overly strict may strangle the global economy and lead to disaster in and of itself. For 40 years, politicians and activists alike have put climate change at the forefront of debate. Despite the best efforts of climate change denialists, which were powerful lobbyists for significant while in almost every single world government, and continuing even to, to today, but action has indeed been taken. The creation of the epa the control of industrial and automobile emissions the signing of the paris accord these are concrete steps they are however woefully inadequate the big question how can we account for climate change while balancing business and environmental interests you want
1: me to start you usually start (laughs) sure I would like to before we begin the discussion frame something very clearly. It is true that we need to balance the business interests with environmentalism, but let's be abundantly clear here. The balance has to favor environmentalism because as much as it may be bad that, you know, a, an eco-friendly policy might cost jobs, these people will literally not live if we don't fix our policy. So, I would like to frame the debate clearly as a struggle for survival and with that in mind, even if it is a difficult even if it is difficult medicine there are situations in which drastic policy maneuvers must be taken simply to preserve the survival of the human race
0: yes I think that when I say balance between business and environmental interests I merely mean taking the current commercial interests of you know employing millions into consideration while we talk about these measures
1: but it is notable that in the development of Policy in response to climate change, that balance has been extremely skewed in favor of business interests. Despite the fact oh, that the vast majority yeah. of the human race desperately needs that balance to be reversed, so it's right. notable to see how business interests have had a controlling voice in how we address an existential threat to the entire human race. When they have a they have a vested interest in not becoming eco friendly, it's not for it doesn't meet the meet the profit motive, and therefore they will often use lobbies. They will often make take half measures. Instead of, of fundamentally addressing the problem, and this is a critical issue, the truth is that we, the private market, will not solve climate change because it's always going to be more profitable to use fossil fuels to not um, become more efficient in many ways, and that has to be taken into account. That, simply put, it may cost jobs to address climate change, but that is a price I think everyone can agree must be paid if that if the human race is to survive.
0: Sure, I do think that. Obviously, corporations have had far too large a voice in discussions about climate change. But again, the interest of this discussion is to facilitate a fair and um, interesting discussion. And in order to do so, there must be at least considerations from two sides, even if one side is somewhat in the wrong.
2: And you know what, you, you two, I, to some extent, I do agree with you. However, we need to, we need to realize that these businesses and their interests pretty much hold the livelihoods of who knows how many hundreds of thousands of individuals across the world, not just in America. And while I agree that we do need to tip the scales in favor of environmentalism in, ter- in terms of modifying our policies moving forward, I have a feeling that the needle sort of points closer to the businesses, then we would really like to admit, and that we would uh, be most effective with moving forward, because again, a balance between environmentalism and using, uh, or and keeping up business practices is necessary in order to keep the livelihoods of the majority of people on the earth uh,
1: that work in these fields.
0: Nice. Um...
1: So the first thing I think we should hit on just immediately is the fact is that, you know, we can't just abolish private property instantly. And with that, we need to work within the framework of our current existing economic situation. So I think between the carbon tax and things like incentivizing the use of green energy, uh, in using tax breaks and such to incentivize the development of green energy, we can see how the existing policy is sensible. That being said, it needs to be stepped up massively. The simple fact is that we invest far too little of our budget In fighting a monumental struggle that will decide the fate of the human race. So, the idea that we spend so much on literally anything else is surprising, I think, to most people. But that goes further. But a solution that hopes to truly set the human race up for a sustainable political system that can respond to crises like climate change has to go further than that. And this is where I specifically make a point of attacking lobbying. The truth is that most politicians are spineless creatures who will simply do what is politically feasible. And since lobbyists uh, will send you quite a bit of money, and money wins elections more often than not by buying attack ads, politicians will follow the money. And the money is consistently in the pockets of large industries. Large industries that in many cases have a direct incentive to fight environmentalist action. With that in mind, the idea... With that in mind, seeing actions like Citizens United have made a mockery of our democracy and essentially left us incapable of fighting, uh, fighting for the protection of the human race. So, a policy that advocates for simply raising, co- for introducing a larger carbon tax, or incentivizing the development of green energy, is missing the point. If we really want to fight for a for a stable world, we can't just leave. We can't just leave it. At, a, at short, ephemeral solutions. We need, to in, we need to induce structural change that will change the way we as a people interact with our government. Because the truth is that while climate change is an existential threat, there are other major crises. And the fact of the matter is, giving corporations and generally moneyed people so much influence over democracy has led to a situation in which our government takes policies that directly go against the interests of not just the human race, but of the majority of the population. With that in mind, it's simply delusional to insist that we can limit our climate change plan to simply being about climate change because the truth is climate change has exposed the very real flaws in our government system therefore I propose not only investing in green energy, not only introducing a carbon tax, but fundamentally restructuring lobbying in a way that strikes down the ability of any industry to invest in campaign, strikes down Citizens United, and overall encourages a public campaign fund in which people can draw donations, smaller donations from individuals, instead of receiving massive amounts of money. Corporations are not people, They do, and money is not free speech. The fact that we've agreed to this has led to has left us unequipped to fight the true battle of the 21st century and that is the battle for the survival of human uh ugh, the battle for the survival of the human race. it is the battle against climate change
0: yes, I agree that the notion that money somehow counts as speech is laughable and obviously concentrated political efforts is going to be needed and political reform however, I do think this uh, how, mm, how do I say it? environmental reform does go outside the scope of our discussion, so let's just say we I have... Would say, no, but that's my let's
1: whole point. Let's let that, just, not... let just,
0: let just say that in order to further this discussion and refocus it just on climate change, we will out the fact that in order to put all of this in place in the first place, Citizens United has been overturned, and there have been certain protections against lobbying put in place in the government. I think that's a basis for our very fact that our policies can be implemented, any shred of possibility for that happening so,
2: you know you know, I, I see what y'all are saying but uh, I, I don't think necessarily we need to tear down the system and restructure the system in order to make ourselves better off in the future I understand that you know global warming and cl- well climate change more specifically is going to be a threat in the future however I think we can I think the best way to deal with it isn't to completely restructure our government and how politics are played, really. I think it's more about uh, implementing mitigation strategies to equip ourselves for the future rather than necessarily
1: changing how our government works. I will, I will note one thing that I object to uh, firmly in your statement. You said that climate change will be an issue in the future. However, I think we can firmly agree that climate change is an issue right now. And the fact of the matter is that, due to the due to the reality of the cl- of climate change, if we do not take direct action now, the ball is already rolling. So if we yeah. delay, then things like mass migration will happen regardless. So the idea that you know climate change is not a traditional issue, unlike say um, a strike you can't there's not a certain date when it happens and you can you have that deadline climate change is an ever evolving issue and yeah, so that, the that, truth that's is not, we have not, blown our 40 year head start we have run out of time yeah yeah we have any more time the that, time is up that's
2: not that's not what i was trying to suggest i'm suggesting mitigation strategies that will not only oh, help us well, now but will help us more uh, out in the future to protect what mitigation strategies i'm curious uh, you quit, uh, i the I problem view- is
0: from this, what mitigation strategies can exist? The only mitigation strategy against total ecological collapse, catastrophic rise of sea levels, massive environmental disasters, is if you somehow raised New York 500 feet up into the air.
2: Well, one, one method I think we could do is a, a, a general shift in how we handle power and how we handle our energy systems. Uh, there's, I agree. A, that's one yes. method. And I have how would that uh, be done? Who would lead that initiative? Who would lead that who would lead that initiative? We already have that initiative in the uh, I believe it is Center for Energy. It's part of our government already. Um, Yes. And yes, or the Department of Energy is what I was trying to say.
1: So what you're saying is well, the Department of Energy will lead, will spearhead an initiative for green energy and to rebuild the American grid Yes. In specific- a green New Deal of sorts. To well, take a charge well, to- uh, well, specifically to me,
2: it's shifting our our priorities and power to something I'm much more not akin to
0: nuclear. Sure, not sure the Energy Department has anything that close to that level of power and authority. Well, they
2: they just passed a bill, like literally, I think it was either today or a little earlier this week. And they're refocusing their energy now. They're moving away from coal, and they're moving it towards nuclear at the moment, which, in oh, my opinion, is I was No, no, no. Okay, you know what? I'm going to
1: say, in fairness to Andrew, if we're going to fiat Citizens United being struck down, I think we can fiat that the new administration has a lot of respect for the Department of Energy. I think that's a fair assessment.
0: If, we, if we're we going to okay. fiat Citizens United – We can fiat that, but even then, the Department of Energy would not be the one leading the initiative. It's a it's – a, How do I say it's a small department with no more than... Departments wax and wane with time. The State Department has fallen
1: by the wayside of being one of the largest branches of government for a long time because the Cold War has ended. I mean, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that if we are having a fundamental alignment shift in how we view the world and seeing climate change clearly for the existential threat it is the energy department will be a critical one because one of
0: the critical ways we are cl- okay. contributing to climate change is sure. let's, so let's, let's 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 assume. assume. Let's assume the new administration is headed by an extremely... Jay Inslee, Oh, oh boy. You. Let's say it's God headed God by Jay, Jay, Inslee. Jay Inslee. My boy.
1: Uh, it's a jo- He literally ran a single-issue campaign on to raise awareness about climate change. It's a joke. Okay, guys, come on. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, but obviously – okay, fine. Let's assume Jay Lee is in office and he's a single. you.
3: Ew, so... ew, ew. Let's
1: just, okay, let's he... assume – but here's the point. Let, no, let's not get bogged down in this. I'm asking you, Andrew. So the Energy Department, let's assume they've got massive – they've got basically funding from the from the government. They're going to be big. They're a big boy. Mm-hmm. Department. How are they going to encourage green energy? Are they going to – what are they going to do?
2: They're going to provide tax incentives for businesses to change the business that they're oh, in. Oh, boy. So for example – Tax incentives. So for example, right – you have your big coal company. You the, the Department of Energy approaches them and says, "Hey, your form of energy is not sustainable and you're going to screw yourself in the long run, not only for us but for yourselves if you continue in this business. Here's what we're we'll offer you. If you invest this certain amount of money into a new nuclear power plant and you encourage your workers to go work at that uh, at that new plant, then we'll provide these tax incentives for you." so you can go and create yeah. the create the plant and actually have your workers uh, working at the plant and it, it, and it it, it, incur, it encourages it, 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 it it's like it, it's almost as if it, it's it's continuing to encourage it's continuing to encourage the free market to work itself out the businesses will hopefully follow the money and the money will will most likely be in something akin to nuclear or solar because, they'll, is, because the businesses it, will hopefully realize coal
0: stuff like coal is not sustainable. It's a concrete proposal. I, I think that's the first one we've gotten all night. But here's the thing. Um, there are certain challenges, I think, with, inherent to that plan, which is one, most of these people have assets they don't have a lot of liquidity they have most of their assets in the coal mines and the equipment there and two the assumption that coal miners a highly specialized occupation with skills that people have trained years for dedicated to the mining and processing of a specific mineral can simply switch over to nuclear plant operation or even solar technology is
1: yeah, yeah. Gonna I, I, I understand. Side. I'm going to come down on Andrew's side on this one. Actually, I think if we're already assuming tax incentives, would it be unreasonable for us to assume that we could provide job training for these coal miners? I mean, the coal industry employs not that many people, uh, but it's a hundred fifty thousand
0: be... people. That would, be I mean, expanding the sc- uh, that would be expanding the scope of the proposal, but okay, yeah, yeah, but I, totally agree. Yeah,
1: I think that would be. Uh, but I think uh, it's unfair uh, uh, to say like, oh, well, there's so many coal miners; it's an it's an insurmountable task. That's not true. That's just not true. If you're willing to expand it to on-the-job training, there's no reason to believe coal miners couldn't transition okay, effectively in new Then round.
0: let's talk about the you know the whole thing about how all of their assets are in coal mines and fund the transition. It's not you're not going to be able to convince coal miners, uh, no matter how big of a tax incentive you give them, tax incentives, even in cases where businesses do have a motive and do not have most of their assets already invested in another energy source, they aren't very effective because one, corporations already have a lot of tricks to dodge taxes, and two, (laughs) even if there were nationwide tax incentives, the profit motive in Coal and oil, whatever it is, is not going to be. You're not going to be able to convince them to move away from that. The very foundations of their company.
3: I I, I understand.
0: understand. Oh, go ahead, Harry.
3: I think in this issue we have to consider that there are three stakeholders. The first stakeholder is humanity as a whole, whose interest is affected by climate change. The second are the workers in uh, both. Um, both old industries like coal and oil, and those in new industries, and then third, the corporations. Now, I believe the interests of the first two align. The interests, for one, the workers are obviously part of humanity as a whole, and the transition to green energy can open up many jobs for them, and uh, so they can leave jobs in old, dying industries. But the third, corporations, their interest fundamentally does not align with that of humanity. And it never necessarily has the interest of corporations in a free market system is the profit motive sometimes and many times in fact the profit motive aligns with the interests of the country and the economy in general sometimes it does not in this case it does not and i frankly i don't see a need why we should try and co-opt corporations to solve this problem it's it's the wrong tool for the job, I would say. It's it's like the saying, you know, when you have a hammer, everything's a nail. But this issue is, and uh, in many situations, corporations can do a lot of good. But in this case, I don't think they can. What which I is think why, is
0: government Which is, which which is why I propose some other way to bring the profit motive into the plan. What I propose is a institutional, government buyout of failing Coal and oil businesses around the country, but are
1: oil businesses Ported. failing? I mean, like, not a, uh, a lot of them. Judging don't...
0: by the judging by the present situation, I will say.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. But what
0: about venture capital?
1: I mean, the United States has gotten very good at buying up failing companies without the government's help. I mean, the capital system has very much evolved to be to try and insulate itself from government intervention. So, are you going to battle it, like Bain Capital? Not- for the right to own a failing company now is this what the is
0: the U.S. government gonna start bidding? I mean, you are going point, to directly? Point is to re to institutionally restructure the U.S.'s energy sector away from how do I say it uh, non renewable resources and into renewable technologies. So the first step will be to firmly weaken the hold that traditional industries have. Nationalizing
3: them. Whoa, nationalizing. I would propose a very similar plan. I think the U.S. should emulate the model of the Tennessee Valley Authority. Mm. The U.S. should should directly invest by creating some state-owned enterprises to uh, promote green energy. Because the fact of the matter is, right now, green energy is objectively more expensive than older fuels, and you can dangle a bunch of tax incentives. But the fact is, there are a lot of things that are blocking corporations from moving into green energy. A state-owned enterprise does not necessarily have the profit motive. It can afford to eat up a bunch of losses from green energy. Now, in the long run, green energy uh, will almost certainly become cheaper than old energy. And uh, in the long run, maybe state-owned enterprises may contribute to reducing your your taxes. The Tennessee Valley Authority every year has a revenue of 11.2 billion U.S. dollars. That's 11.2 billion U.S. dollars that you aren't paying in your taxes.
0: That's yes. what I think. Me and Harry are proposing is a nationalization of pre-existing industries combined with the establishment of a new nationally owned corporation that will include a sort of NASA-esque massive R&D. Device. Uh, department, government-funded R&D department, for the further ring of being renewable
1: technologies. If I may actually run with that, I think there's another key, uh, key benefit. If we're looking at this from a workers' rights perspective, a government ind- government-owned corporation could set the standard for workers' rights in a field simply because it does not. Especially if you're looking at a workers, if you're looking at a state corporation that may need to compete for workers initially by offering generous benefits. If the state-owned corporation is willing to do that. They will set a new industry standard and likely improve the livelihoods of workers directly.
2: You know, I mean, I think- I, I, I see I see a ton of merits in y'all's plan. Uh, something that I'm a little hesitant on is the nationalization of of an entire industry because to me that just leads itself into monopoly type a monopoly type of situation. And it just leads to an overcentralizing power from the government to just decide what benchmark of prices a certain thing is going to be. Uh, it also, in my opinion, government almost never gets anything done, and I, I don't think I, I I don't think a government run entire industry is going to be as efficiently run as it would have as it would be through private businesses. If I may no, run I mean, through your first point, but, I would
1: actually like to say, just real quick, that I think you make an interesting point that is not inaccurate. If, we, if it's a state-owned corporation that's going to take over an industry, the go- government will enjoy a lot more power. But I would ask you, wouldn't you rather have that power vested in a democratic institution where your vote matters than a shadowy corporation where only people who spend money... Get an input. I mean, don't you think it's a little disturbing that the fate of the human race is decided by people who uh, who can only have that deciding power when they have the necessary capital to buy into major companies? I don't know about you, but I'd rather have a guaranteed vote on where the where you know the future of the human race is going. Having a state-owned corporation backed by the government, who I vote to who comes to power, rather than having a shadowy corporation that can do whatever its shareholders want. Often those shareholders are much wealthier and do not have interests that align with the human race overall. So while, yeah, it does give government power, I think we have to look at the status quo to compare the fact that it's still
0: a much more democratic solution than what
1: we currently have.
0: Problem is, climate crisis will kill the rich last. They can afford to hold down for, they can be the last survivors, but they'll keep denying the problem until it's them on the plate. And right now, it's only the, the most disadvantaged members of the world on the plate.
3: I mean, let's look at it from this perspective. The profit motive fundamentally does not align with the goals of humanity as a whole when it comes to climate change. I think we need to agree with that. And private corporations, you can load them with a thousand regulations, you can give them a thousand tax incentives, but you can't change the fact that they are ultimately driven by the profit motive. That is why the government runs certain things. For example, the postal office, it is not in the interest of private corporations to Provide last-mile service to provide unprofitable services to very isolated communities. Therefore, the U.S. Postal Service has to do that because, as a government and just as government-owned corporation, they don't have the profit motive. They are willing to take losses in order to provide a public good. Same thing with education, and climate change is the same. This is a thing. This is a public good. We want the public good of averting a climate disaster. The government provides public goods when public goods uh, cannot be achieved through profit motive. And we've seen that these goods cannot be achieved through the profit motive because, you know, we haven't regulated uh, oil and gas industries sufficiently. And we've seen this is uh, why we've reached this point. So the government needs to take control here because fundamentally, why would we use the tool of a profit motive to solve an issue where the end result does not align with the profit motive it won't work I mean, why to steal not to, Wh-
1: to why use not? an analogy if a kid breaks a cookie
3: jar do
1: you give the jar back to the kid to fix
2: well why, well why why
1: not change what the profit motive is in the first place but can you do that i mean the amount of money that it would take to override in the existing economy override the profit motive working in favor of fossil fuels would be frankly massive i mean if you're willing well, to start cutting yeah. into the military budget, which is a considerable fiat, then maybe we can consider it. But on a certain level, you have to ask, how much are you willing to defend the power of private companies? Of course, why, does the, but... why does the government have to bend over backward to work with these companies when these companies are blatantly
0: uninterested in, in contributing a public good? But the problem is there are certain concerns with this plan I do have to raise. Uh, that In that, sure, in a... If if we assume a utopic scenario where the government is continually dedicated constantly to the development of green new technologies and this develop and this department never gets put on the wayside, then sure. But problem that's is not that's uh, not a
2: fair that's not a
1: fair criticism. That's like I could make that I, case against any plan. The government decides they don't want it or new
0: government comes to power we that we didn't run on so. a platform.
1: No, like that's not a fair no, criticism. No, that applies no, 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 to no, any what, policy.
0: What I'm saying is that uh there it's not that they remove it, it's that we have seen time and time again that the passing of certain legislation is mostly for political gain and expediency, and lasting. And the problem with government is that it can do things in scale, but as long as, but as soon as it loses the political will to do it, the project just falls by the wayside.
1: Right, but if so we compare, say, I, NASA, I mean, like they, NASA's funding got massively depleted, but there's a critical difference. This is literally an existential threat. Climate change is always on people's minds and as it gets worse, it will become a larger political issue. So I think it would always be politically expedient as climate change ge- climate change gets worse to continue to invest in organizations that
0: specifically fight climate change. It designed this plan as a temporary restructuring of the entire. US energy sector. It is a for a period extended period for however as, as long as it takes to make green energy more commercially viable than other sources of energy. in That period, the U.S. government will nationalize all the energy sector. It will launch a massive R&D department dedicated to internally to the pursuit of renewable energy technology. Then when a when the Department of Energy or relevant authorities decide that it is time to, you know, release this back into the private market and the US government will make all of its patents freely available and and obviously the companies will either be restructured into new renewable energy technologies or dissolved into is a nanny program until renewable energy can stand on its own it is I, I don't intend for this to be continual policy as long as climate change is a persistent issue, because climate change, even with these extensive stopgap measures, it's going to affect us nonetheless. It's meant to reconfigure the entire profit motive of the energy industry, not permanently nationalize it.
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, I was. I talked a lot. I was assuming that either Harry or Andrew should speak up.
2: I was just thinking about what y'all said.
1: <laughs> hmm. Harry, I
2: don't really have anything to add. Mm-hmm. Well, I I think where we can shift the discussion now is, assuming that we do get uh either private corporations or a nationalized um or the, or a nationalized system to uh, move towards greener energy, uh, what greener energies would you guys uh, prefer moving towards? Nuclear. Nuclear. Yeah. Thank you. Nuclear. nuclear. Thank you.
0: Nuclear. Oh, no. Do we all agree?
1: You're an idiot if you don't believe in nuclear energy.
0: Yeah, it is the most commercially viable and recent to launch. Especially when people happen. say
1: like, "Oh, but what about meltdowns?" And it's like, "Well, literally, the world yeah. will end if you don't adopt renewable
0: energy." So, perspective. Uh, I mean, like, technological-
1: also, also,
2: melt- also meltdowns are both incredibly exceedingly rare, rare. So and the forever. few times that that it's happened in recent history, uh, I believe the one in Japan, it it didn't affect. Choka tsunami. It it, it very it, the, the surrounding effect on, on the citizens in the affected area it basically didn't affect uh, the younger crowd. One.
1: I mean, there is Chernobyl, though. I mean, like that's, that's kind
2: but, of. I mean, Chernobyl. Right, Chernobyl's, but Chernobyl's a bit of an outlier. Crazy. Oh, it's an outlier. Chernobyl, Chernobyl,
0: Chernobyl was both a very and an ancient in terms of technological progress model of nuclear reactor, and also it was poorly managed. Well, to use your own right. argument against you, Jason, what if
1: the policy falls by the wayside? <laughs> well, where is it? I mean, I mean, I mean guys, do we... That's the thing. That's like, that's like a skeleton key for any argument. Because you're like, any important policy, what if government doesn't follow through? Then I'll obviously you can go back.
0: That's I'm so I'm an important report. concern. We should, desi- we should design policies that they could last through regime changes. I mean... That doesn't ha- How can that occur?
1: How do we plan Apollo's entire Fundamental, policy
0: on the uh the cent- centerpieces of the New Deal have lasted for almost what, seventy years now? Well, Those are the Republicans 80. did not that immediately work, succeed in tearing haunted. down. Yeah. I mean as yes, they did not immediately succeed and they did not succeed haven't succeeded in repealing the most essential components for Back it. in because the day when the Democrats had a spine
1: then. and would take a borderline unpopular policy with the faith that it would become popular once it was implemented, of course we left our spines behind. So now, now yeah, we
0: left our spines time. behind with Clinton, but you
1: know, uh, sell out to the well, corporations. We're just Republicans with a smile, and occasionally we say gay people are kind of okay.
3: Huh.
0: Uh, finishing
1: generally on like either nationalize or we like don't
3: closing statements, I guess.
0: I think right now we've come to a point where three of us agree and the other one, and Andrew obviously is feeling a little left out and being (laughs) sort of boxed in by the voices of three against the voice of one. So I think this is a good place to end our discussion. Let's offer our closing arguments.
2: Uh, I suppose I'll go first. Uh, So basically what my plan or what I would really love to see done in terms of moving... Uh, in terms of prioritizing environmentalism while also keeping in mind the necessity of the economics of it all is to offer tax incentives and offer uh, businesses incentive to move from outdated sources of energy into brand new, renewable, uh, more sustainable energies, specifically nuclear. You know, I think we all love nuclear. Love me some nuclear. Um the best it's the best thing that's ever existed
0: (laughs) free talk nuclear anyways um Um,
2: and um, the way i would really hope to see it done is again uh the government encouraging the free market to do its thing and hopefully the profit incentives uh in renewable resources will hopefully encourage corporations to move to do so uh i personally really uh am against the idea of the government you know big boy government just kind of coming in and uh, nationalizing and ent- nationalizing an entire industry in order to control each and every little thing. Uh, I believe that's a bit of an overreach from my peers, but I understand where they're coming from. And yeah, that's that's, that's my final thoughts.
0: My proposal is that the government institute a sort of um, carryover program in for however long it should last in which the entire fundamental basis of the US energy sector is restructured all US uh, energy sector businesses will be nationalized for a period of time and they will either <clears throat> and a massive r&d develop, um, department the scale the US has never seen before under the department of energy will be created That bring together the world's best minds to create and build renewable energy technology when the Commission or the Department of Energy itself has decided that the these fruits of their labor has become commercially viable. And could potentially overtake any other traditional sources of energy, it will release every single patent that it has developed and it will either consolidate the very uh, the myriad of independent companies it will have under its control into a companies dedicated to green energy or it will simply dissolve them all i think that um when it comes to an issue as fundamental as this with consequences as stark as this there is no other way because corporations fundamentally right now the profit motive is in oil It's in coal. Well, maybe not in coal anymore. It's in traditional sources of energy. And if there's one thing that companies are most dedicated towards, it's profit. Unless we shift these, how do I say it, the most profitable mode of energy production away from these traditional sources, there's no way we can produce fundamental change and solve the crisis afflicting the entire world, the human race at large
1: you want to go or do you want me to go, Harry?
3: Uh, I'll go. Uh, I absolutely agree with the fundamentals of your plan. Um, I would just do it slightly differently. I don't think that we necessarily need to nationalize current energy companies. What I would envision is the U.S. government setting up a new state-owned corporation uh, to provide green energy, whether nuclear or other forms, and also, also, obviously also investing in research and development to make these uh, Technology is more cost affordable, and also for however long it takes, subsidizing this corporation to sell energy uh, under cost to undercut uh, traditional energy to make those um, to accelerate their decline essentially. Now, obviously, this would cost a lot, as tax well the taxpayer would have to subsidize subsidize it, but also the taxpayer would give be getting savings back in the form of lower energy prices, and that would. Uh, continue until uh, it had reached a point where these subsidies were no longer needed. And at that point, um, the government could either try to privatize the state-owned corporation or or keep it.
1: Mm, I guess I'll go. I am in fundamental alliance with Harry Huang's vision specifically of how we would deal with the issue of climate change. And I think it comes down to a fundamental differing view of what it takes I believe that the cli- that the uh, I believe that the profit motive has fundamentally failed to address the the existential threat of climate change, and I believe that if we bend over backwards to try and bring to try and sort of bend the profit motive to our will, we are missing the point. It's a simple matter of efficiency. We should we don't need to worship the principles of capitalism. What we should do is we should take the most direct uh, the direct route to the solution, and that is to undercut traditional industries and destroy the profit motive from within. A state-owned con- company that doesn't need to play by the rules will be able to defeat traditional energy and will do so undercutting <clears throat> a, tradi- a state-owned company will be able to outcompete compete uh, traditional businesses because it does not need to rely on the profit motive, and it will do far more to stop the acceleration of climate change than simply trying to make traditional businesses fit our view of what needs to be done in short i believe that we need to fundamentally change how we look at the world and how our economy interacts with the human race if we want even a prayer of stopping climate change and i think that looks more like a plan that includes more government intervention and less private
0: market all right i think that's a wrap um okay all right i think that's a wrap uh thank you all for participating and joining me in this discussion today and as always uh, you can catch all of our episodes and all new episodes every Saturday um, of Swing Vote on all major streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a myriad others. So, as always, pay in, stay healthy, stay safe.